Ephesians 5, 25 through 33. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. God, you are my smith. Forged me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back into the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, my name is Jessica Gillum, and I am blessed to know Scott Bailey, and I had um, gone to Scott because God had put something on my heart kind of about my next for 2022, and um, I wanted to listen in and watch the whole podcast process, so Scott invited me um, when he was interviewing Chuck Phelps, and after the interview, um, Scott asked me if I would like to do the Women's Takeover Weekend, which I was a little bit... (laughs) I'm not sure if I was ready for the challenge, um, but the Lord has had been speaking to me about saying yes to more things and doing things when you're afraid. So this is my first ever podcast, <laughs> and um, it's been amazing to see how God has just brought the people and brought the topic. Um, so I went home and immediately started praying about it just thinking, what would I say and how would the Lord use me in this situation? And um, he led me to the scripture. I actually flipped open my Bible immediately to Ephesians 5 and started reading. And if you've grown up in the church, you know that this is the, the scripture that tells men how to love their wives. But what really stood out to me at the end of the passage was the statement that Paul made that said, and the wife must respect her husband. And I really marinated on that for a while (laughs) and kind of really thought, kind of stuck in my craw a little bit because I know it's something that I struggle with um, just in my marriage. And um, it came to me that God would not have commanded women to respect their husbands if he already knew that it was going to be easy for them. So um, this is the topic that we're going to, you know, cover today. And 
Um, I want to back up and go over some learning that I had when my husband and I did a truth project um, Bible study by Focus on the Family. And in that, uh, that Bible study, they talk about the divine imprint and that God is a God of order and he displays his order even in relationships. That's outlined in the relationship between God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, the husband, and the wife, and then the husband, the wife, and the children, and then finally, God, the family, and the church. So relationships, intimacy, fellowship, love, those all serve as foundation to family, friendships, and social institutions. And they're all under attack today. I think we all know that. Um, But today we're going to focus on growing and edifying women in a rela- in the marriage relationship to respect their husbands. So I've called this the godly love triangle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think, um, first off, it would be great to talk about briefly today's worldview of respect in marriage and what that looks like. The Lord has placed on my heart to include on this podcast um, Dr. Rachel McCracken and Hemi Mora and Janelle Black. Hello. Hello. Awesome. So what do, what do you guys think when you think about um, respect in marriage today, like in, in today's culture? Um, as you mentioned, we learn about from a very young age in the church. And I think it's a compilation of things that we pick up as a child growing up in the house and how the relationship between our mother and father, if they were husband and wife, um, is mirrored to us and so we come out of our house and then it says here and I love it this is a profound mystery how two of us come and unite as one flesh coming from two separate backgrounds and our own thoughts and feelings and preconceptions on what the husband-wife relationship should look like so we come with that and so I think then we are also born into this culture this day this generation and so it's a mishmash of all these things uh, and expectations that we have. I think probably speaking for myself, the biggest problem was having these expectations, having this background, having grown up in a Christian household where my father was a very strong man at the house and my mother was very easily submissive and bringing that into my marriage and expecting my husband to almost read my mind about what this relationship should look like and know, well, weren't, weren't you raised? I mean, his parents were, I think his father's Catholic and his mother went to church at a Baptist church. And I was like, I just expected him to know what it meant to be a godly husband and step into that role. So I guess it's like, it's defined from our upbringing, from our culture and from our own personal thoughts on the matter, really, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's great. Yes. Yes, it, it was, when I grew up, it was a little bit different because I came from a family that we didn't know about church or anything. Like we knew that there is a God, but we never practiced not even going to church. And I grew up with my dad. So he raised three girls as a, a strong females. So you can do everything. You don't need anyone. So you can do it by yourself. So it was different when I got married. 
it was a struggle and uh, today is still a little bit of a struggle <laughs> but when you come to the Lord and you align to the Lord and you have that relationship to the Lord like doing this respecting and honoring your family your husband is coming like more easy you know but I see like outside like people that they are not Christians or or they don't believers how how the the enemy is attacking all these families on this aspect because mm -hmm. it's it's different you can you can see it you can feel it and and coming from a different culture my husband is from another culture so it's you know it's it's a clash like all the time we are like okay eh. and then when I came to the Lord and I learned how to be eh, submit to my husband submit. And it's nice because now I know that we, I'm not trusting and giving all this. The power to my husband is the Lord that he's going to work through him. So everything is going to, you know, going good. <laughs> yes. I believe that as singles, you know, because I am one of the only ones here that has been divorced and am not currently married. So as a single individual, it's things that are not spoken about in the courting or the dating process. We don't try to get to know a person based on their viewpoints or their views of the Lord. Um, as, a, as a fellow believer, a lot of people continue to follow their feelings as the world tells us to do and to act on our flesh. And unfortunately, when you do those types of things, you find yourself in relationships and in situations where you can't get out of them. And when you're not seeking the Lord about your spouse and your particular person, as Ephesians 5 says, you're preparing yourself for a man who's going to be your husband. So as a woman and a single woman, we have to prepare ourselves as a wife. And as Dr. Um, said that nobody teaches us those kinds of things. We just have an expectation that this is how it's going to be. And so unfortunately, we have that expectation with our in our dating, and then it goes into our married life. And unfortunately, what happens is that it causes strife, and the and it continues to rip. And as it rips and keeps going, it just causes more problems. And a lot of times I know as myself, when I was married, you know what, I just don't want to talk about it because it's causing problems and I don't want to fight. And then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger because nobody wants to talk about it. And then it snowfalls because at some point you can't handle it anymore. And then it ruptures and falls. So I believe that in Ephesians 5, there's so many things when it comes to the wife submitting to their husband, because it does start with us. Yeah. You know, we, we are, we can be the heartbeat of our marriage. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. My, my situation, it's funny because I'm thinking, especially as I'm listening to him, he talk about it too, is that my dad was from another country. And I remember hearing this, uh, like, as kind of a main theme in my childhood is, you shouldn't have to depend on a man for everything or anything rather. Yes. You should be able to change yes. a tire. You should be able to get your oil changed. You should be able to do all of these things for yourself. And it, I also watch the dynamic between my parents and I want to honor them because they, you know, they, the Lord used that situation to show me what I wanted and what I didn't want in a marriage. But I, even though I knew that I didn't want those things, 
I didn't know how to get to the right things, to do the right behaviors and to show honor to my husband and show respect to him. And um, I definitely come from a line of women who were leaders in the home, but I also watched as my grandfather, my dad, because they weren't given a voice um, not even the, what's your opinion on this? Or what do you think about this? Or what should we do? Because that was missing from the dynamic. Um, we always went to the my mother or my grandmother for the answers or for permission to do things. We never went to dad, you know, or to my papa in this case. They were, they were really silent in a lot of things. They were loving, they were there. But it, I remember now that it was, it's been bred into the culture, at least the culture mm-hmm. of my family. And so, because it's, you know, whether it's good or bad, it's my natural. So I brought it into my marriage and, um, you know. Oh, I agree. Like my, my mother was just so content naturally to be a submissive person. And I didn't come out with that kind of personality like her. (laughs) I wanted to because she was so full of grace and poise. And she, to me, emulated the perfection of this Ephesians 5, submitting Mm -hmm. to the husband. And I uh, oftentimes, I'm envious of that. God rest her soul because she did pass away already. But um, it was just hard because I'm watching that. But then I'm also watching... At the same time, I have a dad who's telling me to pursue my education as far as I can. Don't depend, right? But I see my mother depending on him for everything. So there's this dichotomy growing inside me, right? Well, am I ever going to be able to find a person who's comfortable enough with me pursuing my education to the max, pursuing my career to the max, and not going to be uncomfortable with that and let me be me? The problem is sometimes what you're going to find when you're looking for that person is somebody who may also give up the reins in some other areas. Right. That I wasn't like, well, I didn't want that. I wanted you to stand (laughs) up here and sit down here, you know, and we can't do that. It's like, okay, be okay here. But when it comes to telling me, you know, what we're going to do, like, there are so many examples. I mean, we could all go down that rabbit hole of, you know, he moved me into this neighborhood. It's such an expensive neighborhood. I didn't really know what was going on. And financially, we're just, I'm like, why, you know, why why are we struggling so hard in this area right now and to to live in this area? And then he he knew why, though. And, and now I understand why. But I wouldn't give him that, at that time, that respect to make that decision. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting because I wanted to be my mom, but then not really. <laughs> it's yes. like we can't make up our mind. I know. We want it all. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lot harder to be submissive than we really truly understand. So com- I just truly commend your mom because it truly is hard to be submissive yes. to, especially when you're like, but I don't want to do that. But you want me to do what? No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> you know, and, and especially when in your mind it's going down the slippery slope and you find yourself, you know, I I don't think especially when you bring kids into the whole um, mix of everything, that mama bear kind of comes out and you now have somebody else that you are responsible for. And so if it's you, okay, I can be submissive. I can, I'll pick my battles, you know, however that goes. But now you're 
you're now you're going to bring our child along for the ride uh that's where it makes it even more difficult Mm -hmm. to be submissive and i think i do think we need to back up and say like because i i've even had this conversation with friends of mine who are not in the church and they don't believe in jesus and they don't follow the way so when i talk about submitting to my husband that's very anti-feminist you know and i have been i've practically gotten browbeaten for talking about, and I'm, I think when we're talking about submission, we need to define it in a biblical context, which is, and it starts with our relationship with God. If we can't be submissive to God and the things that God is nudging us, commanding us, and telling us to do, then we're naturally going to have a problem in this in this next triune relationship, which is the husband, and the wife, and the kids. And I think sitting there and saying, you know, this is an issue with respect. If we're having an issue of disrespect in our home towards our husband, there's probably an issue of disrespect in our relationship with God. And we're also emulating, we're teaching our children to what disrespect looks like as normal. So um, submission is, you know, the two are becoming one flesh you're you're disrespecting your own your own body by not giving respect to your husband. So I think knowing that and taking that spirit into every conversation that we have with our husband will help us stay on track with with honoring God and honoring him and being that witness for our kids to see this is what a healthy marriage looks like. So um I think, go ahead. I was just going to say, so being that I'm not in that and I don't have that type of relationship, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure we have some listeners who are also in my type of situation, how do you guys go about seeking the Lord and things of that in the whole submission process? Mm -hmm. How, what does that look like? And I love how you brought up the point about, you know, those that are non-believers and don't have Jesus. So how can we help our audience understand that there's the that balance because there are people out there that are i don't like to use the word narcissistic but in a sense that's the only thing coming to mind that they want their things your their way and if you don't do what they say and so to me that's a little bit over the boundary so how would you ladies help people like myself who don't have that interaction every day and don't truly not that I don't know what submission looks like, but may not know what submission looks like because they may not have that relationship with the Lord. So what do you ladies suggest in that regard? That's a great question. <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> um, you know, I don't, when I was single, I was not living my life single for the Lord. Let mm-hmm. me just tell you, okay? It was a complete, I have a testimony. Let's put it that way. I will tell you being single is very difficult. It is very hard on the daily to live a godly single life because the world says it's okay to do xyz and operate in the flesh i I mean i totally see that and i i mean i don't know what i would do if i was dating today because i mean when you're talking about dating when you're talking about hooking up you're talking about women and men having needs and then you're talking about wanting to be godly it's like it's like this crock pot stew of of things but we have to i mean Easier said than done. And I'm not here to tell anyone how to do it in the daily because I'm not walking it. That wouldn't be fair for me. I think, though, maybe 
kind of a parallel to what you're asking about. Well, how do we talk to our single counterparts and to maybe even our non-believing counterparts about what does this look like in, in your world, in your paradigm? And really what it comes down to is that you can't submit to somebody that you don't trust. Yeah, and yes. so I think really that's the heart of the matter for me when I can look back and in times of my life and there are plenty <laughs> that I did not submit to the Lord and I had to take the long circuitous route to get to where I'm going instead of the straight and narrow path yes. is because I didn't trust the Lord and that's still an ongoing everyday mm-hmm. battle for me to fully trust the Lord and so I think I if you can look back in life it's almost like having your your altar of remembrance and placing your stones and saying, he was there for me in this situation, so I know he's going to be here for me right now. And and you can just recall those moments in life when you know that the Lord was there for you or you're, or maybe, you know, and you're and you're looking for that in the next person, right? Mm-hmm. The the trust. And when you build the trust and know, well, I can look back and say this is how he delivered me in every other situation. So I know he's going to deliver me today. It's so much easier to submit then. Yes. I like that. Thank you. Uh, I, I think before I met the Lord, I made many mistakes because it was always something on me that, you know, I, I didn't have to submit to anyone or to deal with all these things. So I just go and live my life my way. And that when trouble came to my to my life, that's what I made many mistakes. So... When I came to the Lord, when he called me, uh, it was different, you know? Now you start, it's a learning. It's a learning process. Every day you learn something else. And then submitting to the Lord, uh, give us hope, give us other other things inside us that they start, you know, uh, uh, building inside us. So it's so difficult, you know, like when you, when you don't know the Lord, mm-hmm. how to, to manage all these things, because you don't know, you don't have the experience. Mm-hmm. When you came to the Lord, it's when, okay, Lord, I'm here. Give me the, this hope. I want to walk, uh, walk your way because this is the right path that we need to walk. So I'm trusting you. And it's about everything. It's about trust. It's about trust and trust the Lord, trust our husband, trust even ourselves. We, we kind of also talk about um, in our culture today that respect is earned and not given. Um, and I think that there is probably an undercurrent of, well, when my husband works to, des- when he's achieved that level where he's earned respect, then I'll give respect. But until then, until he, you know, meets my needs and he's doing all of these things that I, you know, checking off the check boxes on my list of requirements, then I will, he'll earn that. He gets it. What do you guys think about that? Yes, I think at the beginning of my marriage, it was like that. Okay, he needs to earn all these things until I, okay, I can start respecting. After we have our uh, darkest moment, like two years ago, and then we started getting aligned to the Lord. We were almost getting divorced two years ago, and then we decided to trust the Lord and you know when when we start walking and trusting and then for me i have to just give respect no earning no waiting for him to earn this respect just to go okay i'm gonna give respect to you i'm gonna honor you 
Why? Because that's the Lord is commanding me to do. Like, this is what the Lord wants me to do. So I learn what is his language of love. Mm-hmm. What is he likes? Uh, um, words of uh, confirmation. 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 And, and so I was like, okay, this is the way that I'm going to respect him. Go, hey, you're doing so good. A good job. <laughs> and... That's my way to start giving respect, but it's been a process. It's been a learning. And when I feel like I don't, I don't want to do that, I just go to the Lord and say, Lord, please help me. <laughs> help me because I need to, to continue honoring you. As soon as, when I honor my husband, I'm honoring the Lord too. Mm-hmm. So my priority is to honor the Lord. And that when I don't feel that way, I just go and say, Lord, please help me. <laughs> and I have my mommy with him. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so good. I would like to say that <clears throat> I kind of practice on different people that come into my life that can be a little difficult in that sometimes you have to be what you expect. You can't really expect something from someone yet. You're the problem or you're the one who's not really leading by example, so to speak. So when I have those difficult people, whether they're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. I look at it as, Oh, this is a good opportunity to handle something that might be a little difficult. So let's start by being what I expect. I really liked what you're saying though, like to give the respect before it's earned, to give it as doing, we do as our work, our labor, our things that we do as unto the Lord, right? And then not as unto man or, you know, for ourselves. That's really where you have to go in your head because there's times when absolutely in the starkest reality of things, they don't deserve our respect at that moment. Uh And it is an act of grace, just like we were given grace to show them that exactly yes and i think it's interesting that you know you touched on that the love languages and we actually did that before while we were in premarital counseling actually um but it's they say in that book that women end up giving what their love language is and men do the same so when men men want affirmation and physical touch, they're all over their wives, and women are like, "Get off of me! Yeah. I wish you would just take out the trash. I wish yes, you would just I'm all yeah, touched exactly. out. I wish you would just me. buy me something. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like." And I I love that we had the opportunity as a couple to do that book, and I think about it all the time because it clicked with me. I was I would do things like buy my husband a candy bar, or tell him I was thinking about him, or just different things, and he just kind of was like. So, you know, unfazed by it, not at all. And so I'm thinking about when my mother, my dad was not a Christian when my parents met. He's actually Muslim. So um, my mother, you know, got him a Bible in Farsi and he started reading the Bible in Farsi and he had a vision of Jesus and that's what changed his life. But leading up, that was when I was in the sixth grade. So that's 12 years of watching a family dynamic where my mother was trying to meet a love language, which hers was love, you mm-hmm. know, and affirmation mm-hmm. and those things in my, in my father, I still don't know what my dad's love language is to this day, but, um, she was, she was doing everything she could do to show him love and instead of respect, which is probably what would have helped, you know, turn the tide yes. maybe a little bit in the marriage. So it's just it's, it's amazing how that is consistently on the top of the list for men. Yeah. Respect. Respect, yes. Yeah. Well, top they, of the list. Yeah. 
they say women want love and men want respect and if you kind of look at it i think that's truly how the lord designed us is because as women we want to be the nurturing loving one whereas the man's like just respect me right yes and and when you learn about this uh uh, love of language of love you know it's like it's funny like uh how most of them are like physical touch (laughs) words of affirmation but what we want, we want time. Acts of service. We want, yeah. Acts of service all day. Acts of service, time, <laughs> give, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like that, like how, how different we are, but just the Lord created us like this way. And we just need to learn how to deal with all of these things, you know, like how, how to, to contribute for them to feel respect. And for Joe, for my husband, is like a big thing like going in, hey Joe, you're doing amazing. You're a great dad. He he really feel feel love and respect when I'm doing that. If we only knew that most of our the men in our lives are just like little boys trying to play tough, you know? Yes. Yes. I mean it's the truth. It's like they're they're carrying around just as much baggage as we are. Yeah. It's amazing. They're 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 bringing that in and they just want you to tell them that they're enough. Maybe their dad didn't do it, maybe they did, or maybe they just don't well, and society tells our men that they have to be tough and that crying yes. is a weakness. So I believe, too, that you make a very valid point um, in that, you know, I do believe that there is a very little boy inside who might even be scared. Like, what if people find out that I'm a fraud or that I'm not what I say that I am? Not in a bad way, but like in that you know, strong, macho type way that they need to lead their family or do what they need to do for the, for where they're at. Mm -hmm. I just really believe that's why we just really need to seek God because he can truly transform every single portion of our lives. And when you know him, you just, you, it's like how did I survive without him yeah you can't escape from no. Him. <laughs> no. And, you know, and you never want to escape from him it's like yeah. Lord I'm here just yes. work on, on us work yeah. on me that's it yeah. exactly then that's when the turning point happened for me Yeah, is yeah. when I stopped trying to fix my husband yes. and to then just step back and said Lord work on me Yeah, isn't that amazing how that works when we truly surrender it all and lay it at his feet because he is the author and the finisher of it all that he works even more like to where we can see now he's like thank you i was that's exactly what i wanted you to do just get out of the way yeah. Yeah. Step, aside. <laughs> step aside yeah. well, on that note we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcasts the weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. (laughs) 
We're back. <laughs> we are back and we've been talking during the break. It's easier to talk about the subject without a microphone in your face. Yeah. It's a lot easier to do that. But we, we've been talking during the break and, um, you know, we're just talking about as women, as wives, getting out of the way, you know, and letting, and letting the men drive the situation. <laughs> no, letting the men drive the marriage and what that looks like, what willful, willful submission looks like and... The fact that we, as women, all want our husbands to lead in the home, but yet what actions are we doing that are standing in the way of them assuming their rightful position in the family? And I loved how you guys were talking both about situations where you were being honest about how you were sometimes going to your dad because... Not that I would even necessarily come to my dad, but my dad inserts himself into these situations sometimes to make comments on how he feels like my husband's doing. And it's really hard for me because to speak up to him, and I feel like that's an area I need to prove in, where I need to say, Dad, that's that's not your place. He's the leader of this household. I'm now part of his household, not part of yours. You know, oh, I'm no tough. longer in that triune with you. I'm in a triune with my husband now because we came together and we're, we're two. Yeah. And, and then Jessica, how you were talking about your mother-in-law, your future mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, the other aspect of the relationship is, you know, my husband also grew up in an environment where honor and respect were not given to the, to his father, you know, by his wife. And so he's, he's a little bit pre-programmed, um, you know, to have, a dominating woman, which I, you know, I, I am, I'm the same. Like I, I have, a, I'm just, I'm the same way. So I, I constantly, we had an encounter, um, one Christmas with his mother and his father at the dinner table and it's etched in me, you know, that I, and I always ask myself, am I, am I leading the way she leads in the marriage or am I leading the way the Lord would want me to lead in the marriage? And that's, I feel really bad about saying that because I feel like that's disrespecting her. But mm -hmm. I, you know, when you talk about your family of origin, there are a lot of my, you know, in my family and in my husband's family, a lot of ungodly characteristics that we did not, we made a concerted effort. And it's one of the reasons we went to premarital counseling together. And we knew that there were certain things we didn't want to bring into our marriage. Mm -hmm. And that, cause us to reflect and make a lot of really intentional decisions about what we were going to allow our family members to speak over our life, our marriage, and who we were going to, we, we weren't going to allow any of our family members to interfere in our marriage at all or give advice or, you know, whatever that looks like. And we knew what we wanted, but we didn't know how to get there. And, you know, we're in over 10 years now and we're still figuring it out, but for us, you know, and I'm, I think getting around the right people and getting around people who are exemplifying what marriage should look like, biblically based marriage and, um, being vulnerable as women and saying, you know, this is an area where I struggle, I struggle in it, but let me, let me visit with people rather than going to the world for what it looks like to, um, have a successful marriage because that's a broken, that's a broken yeah. toy right there. But let me get around women who also may have the same struggle 
But let's edify each other. Let's look for the answers in in God's word and let's talk about what our struggles are so that we know, number one, we're not alone. And let's what's working for you might work for me or I might, you know, Mm -hmm. be the beneficiary of something that's working really well in your life. And I can apply that Mm -hmm. to my own situation and we can all be better for it. Have you guys ever, um, I'm, I'm sure people know who Priscilla Shire is. Love here her. okay love her too. <laughs> all right great wonderful so she has um you know i pulled from her i don't know if it was a st- i think it was her study on eli i haven't like uh, elijah oh, the, yes. eli and basically it was her five things to know how to discern god's voice right so when we're looking for that guidance what's the example what is the plan now we were talking earlier about uh, how much easier it is to move forward when we have a plan and not just mm-hmm. a vision. We need both, right? Yes. And so a lot of that comes from discerning truth. Yes. What is truth? Yes. And how do we do that? And it, and and her five bullet points, one of them is that you need to have that Eli, that mentor yep. in the mm-hmm. faith. We're, we're lacking that, I think, a lot in the church these days. I feel, as I have a person who attends Gateway Church, wonderful church. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that same small church feel right. I had growing up where I knew the, the older ladies in the church who'd been married 30, 40, 50, 60 years. I mean, I think that's something too, to consider. It's like you said, you're going to go seek out that godly example. Well, I want somebody who's been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years, because I guarantee if, especially if you get them down for a cup of tea where you know that this is a private conversation. They're going to come out with the things that they struggled through and went through. Absolutely. Yes. And that's, it's kind of what we were talking about before we started the recording is you really don't know what people, what people's story is and to, to sit down in a setting like this or to find your, find your tribe, you know, to find your people that you can be vulnerable with. But in a place where you walk out feeling more empowered and encouraged. And I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why it's because I have a lot of friends who are not in the church and don't have that, don't have the faith that we share. And I just have gotten to a point in my life where there's just certain things I can't talk about with them because yes. they have no idea where I'm coming from and um, that I'm. I'm in it to preserve my marriage. I'm in it to have the best marriage that I can, mm-hmm. the best family that I can, because we stand as a, we're a billboard in our sphere of influence for Jesus. And, you know, I, I'm not saying I have it all together. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I, you know, I want to be about my family and my family is first. And that's, that's why I feel like in a lot of ways, the Lord led me to this is because, um, it's, it's like working out for me. It's, it's, it's like creating any other kind of discipline in your life where you want to see results, but you're going to have to put in the conscious effort to to do it until it becomes like secondhand, you know, or, but I think also one thing we don't really truly talk about is we have to be very strategic and careful who we surround ourselves with because the devil is so incredibly real and I do not want to give him any credit. He is a sneaky little lizard or whatever you want to call him, but he will get in your brain Mm -hmm. and he will, he doesn't care who he uses. Sometimes he uses the people closest to you 
to make you and or to accentuate your in in your things that you're inadequate about Mm -hmm. and so when you're talking about those that are not in the church or not in different things I look at you know what does their fruit look like and people always look at me like what I want to see are you living and breathing yes church is important yes being rooted is important but I really believe God is calling us out of a church and into not a building anymore into the streets and into different places so that we can emulate Ephesians 5 or being those type of godly women that we need to be and just being examples for people who don't know Christ and it's not by shoving God down their throats and I hate to say it in that regard but by being a person and a Christ-like follower where what would Jesus do back in the days? He didn't hang out in a church. He didn't hang out with everybody. He hung out with the sinners and the, and the lepers and everybody like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, isn't that what we're called to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't. Um, that's, it's funny because he didn't, he, Jesus didn't build a building and say, no, if you want miracles, no. come to me. No. If you want um if you want a word come to me if no. he went out to where they were yes. and that's you know that's and what he, god is calling us to as a as families as women in business yes. as um you know teachers everything i mean our sphere of influence is yes. is huge yes. but yes. i we have to it starts within our four walls yes. and you know, it bleeds into our culture. It's how we go out into the world and change the world. Because I will say that there are a a ton of friends that I have that when we're to the place in our marriage now, we weren't always this way. And you can ask my husband, but where we have enough strength in our marriage, where if we're having a problem, we deal with it within our four walls. And um, I've had friends that are not believers who've said, you know, how do you keep this going the way mm-hmm. that you did? How did you work through that? How did you forgive for that? Yes. And that is the open door. Yes. That's Even though picture. they don't want to hear it, yep. they're still curious yep. to know how are you still making this work given your circumstance or what you went through. And yeah. that is a picture of Jesus. Yeah. And I want to get back like to what you said you were saying before alignments, how we, the Lord align us with the right people. And when all these circumstances and situations come, we, we need someone that keep us accountable always and how alignments in our life is like a priority. We need to surround ourselves people in faith that they get us back. If we are like getting outside the, the, the path that the Lord told us. So it's really important that, and, and I think even sitting here uh, with you uh, ladies, we can see like how the Lord put every one of us in a place that we know if in any situation that I can call Jessica, Rachel, and you know, hey guys, <laughs> this is happening. And there's going to be always a war, but because the Lord give us those people mm-hmm. and we need to be aligned to be accountable. Right. Okay. I was, um, I was actually talking to Rachel about this yesterday, but I think it was you. Maybe I had a conversation in my head because I do that a lot. But um, I had gone to uh, <laughs> um, Terry Savelle Foy's icing conference and Lisa Bevere spoke. And she talked about um, that in the catacombs, they had unearthed all of these mosaics of women yes. who were preaching. And 
the power in that. And she unleashed, you know, released a word for women that had attended because it was mostly female driven conference. Um, but you know, if you, if you put that into the scope of what we're talking about today, the power that we have as women, the power that we bring into our marriage, it's a godly power when it's done right. Right. And it's the way it was the way it was originally designed to be, but you know, good old Eve had to get in there and you know, go go around her husband yes. <laughs> and try the fruit. You, you know, no, I think I'm not that, knocking Eve because I would have done the same thing probably. Uh, I think like these words of myth and be submissive is a strong word that we don't like. Like you know, it's not like easy. Oh, you need to submit to your husband. No, like, but I, I was reading this verse and it's First uh, Peter three seven. It says like likewise. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor, uh, since they are heirs with you of grace, grace of life, so that your prayer may not be hindered. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. It's, it's being submit to our husband. is just living like this in an understanding way. It's not like... We're, we're lower than there and they can go, you know, and step on us. No, it's like we're going to live in an understanding way. That's the sub, submit to our husband. You know, you you are the head in our household and the Lord is using you. You need to go to the Lord on every decision and you just follow him. Mm-hmm. But it's in an understanding way. So. Yes. Definitely. And I think, you know, we're, whatever we're called to outside of, you know, our four walls, it's, it won't work if we're not ministering in our home first. That's exactly. And so, um, it's kind of like our testing ground, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, or our forging. So, um, when you first told us that we were going to be doing Ephesians five, and I started reading it. I got so excited because I, I, I had um, been hearing from the Lord for a while, like a, almost like a whisper or something just quiet in my spirit. It's wake up, wake up sleeper, wake up. And I just thought, you know, basically it's time to go. All these things that have been on the horizon. But it's interesting because if you actually read Wake Up Sleeper in Ephesians 5, it's talking about waking up from sleep basically out of your sin mm-hmm. and start living in a godly way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting, because I hadn't been living in a godly way in the way that I was treating my husband. Yeah. And it's like yeah. that had to get in order. It's like certain dominoes have to get in order mm-hmm. before everything just starts going. Yes. And it's like crazy because... I really did. I, I, I'd, I'd always try to be so slick. I'd be like, well, why don't you go read the Bible to our children? Or, you know, just like <laughs> kind of like letting him know you don't read the Bible to our children. Or, you know, like, oh, well, you don't really make church on Sunday a priority. Like, I was just so cutting. Yeah. Always just finding a way to cut and, you know, just let him know where his shortcomings were. Isn't that interesting that you present it that way, Rachel, where it's a cutting or a demeaning, but in your mind, you probably thought you were helping. Oh, yeah. I was guiding him where he needed to go. The Lord revealed that that was not what I was doing at all. And I think that's unfortunately where we have to get out of the way. Get out of the way. (laughs) And I think that's a great like point to the next is describe a way that you knowingly or maybe even hindsightedly 
um, undermine honor and respect in your marriage? Like, what are the things that we as women are doing that are really telling him how my dad did it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, you know, like cuts like a knife, (laughs) you know, well, my dad always made sure we made it to church on Sunday morning. Sunday evening and Wednesday nights. Ouch. My dad taught me Bible verses and scripture. You know, yes. but look at look at if you so, know my testimony. You know that I took a little circuitous route here. So obviously, that way wasn't perfect either. Right. You know what I mean? The way that I was raised in my house under my parents and my father, my mother, and there's something. You know what I mean? Like. In other words, no one has the perfect way. It's because we're all so unique, like fingerprints. Mm-hmm. God's going to do it differently through my husband than he did it through my dad. Mm-hmm. I love right. it. I love that. You know, I just praise God that we all have those testimonies and stories to be able to share hope and meaning to those who may not know or have the ability to know God in this or or the Lord in the same way that we do because as we were talking during mm-hmm. break you know the Lord speaks to each one of us different just because he speaks to Jessica one way doesn't mean that he's going to speak to me the exact same way and I think I used to always love to talk a lot and the one thing that I realized when I would talk is that I wasn't listening so I was too busy listening to <laughs> respond that I wasn't listening to to actually listen so it's incredible when you actually stop to truly listen to what people have to say, not only how God can speak to you through them, but then he teaches you how to listen to his small voice in whatever way he's going to speak to you. And then you can sit back and just be like, wow. And it truly transforms everything about you. Yes. Yeah. And, and when you said like, we are different. We have different fingerprints, and the Lord also speaks to us in a different ways. And I was sharing this story when I was on a women retreat, and it, for me, it was my darkest time. But uh, I was like, okay, I'm going. And at some point, I was walking by myself, and this party was a ranch, and it was this path. And I was walking there, and then I saw like a tree, and and all about trees. I love trees, so I, I know the Lord talked to me with the trees. <laughs> and I was uh, walking this way, and I saw one tree. But as soon as I was getting closer to this tree, I saw that there is one another one tree. So now there's like two joint trees, and then I continue walking farther away, and then I saw like another tree, and the Lord talk to me at that moment like this is you and your husband and you are you know uh, joined because I'm there I'm right there and it can be silly like you know like you're walking and you see trees and but at that moment the Lord speak to me through those trees like I'm here I'm that core that keep you joined so we just need to to let the business of the day the routine uh, on the side and just be quiet and take some time to to listen to the Lord because he can speak us through the word through a friend through the trees through the birds <laughs> so yeah. I also I also kind of want to say um recently I um came across you know kind of telling back to the Lord speak to us differently I also want to say that 
we are our own worst critic in that, you know, well, did he talk to me? Did he not talk to me? You know, I'm such a sinner. I've done this. I've done that. And I think that we kind of need to lay it down sometimes and truly put it before him to allow ourselves the grace and mercy that our Lord Jesus gave for us when he nailed himself to a cross that no matter what sin we've done, we're forgiven. And there is not one sin above the other that would not prevent us from his love. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. The Lord loves you. And I I just am really looking forward to, you know, being able to, to spread the word and just really at the end of the day, going back to our scripture of as a wife, learning how to love your husband, because I truly do believe sometimes our husbands do need our push in a loving way, but not necessarily a push, a get out of the way. (laughs) But, you know, it was recently brought to my attention, you know, as women, some of us are very strong willed. I, for one, am one of them. And, you know, they, I get told all the time, you know, how would you be submissive to your husband when you are so strong and you do this? And, and it just kind of makes me chuckle sometimes because, Nobody truly knows that side of me because it hasn't been brought to me. So as women who are strong in that relationship with whether they have to be leaders at their in their home or in their household or different things like that, we have to be able to know our, read the room, so to speak, know our place and get out of the way and know... <laughs> that there is a time for everything. So, you know, when a man comes into your life to lead, because that's what God calls men to do is to lead, we have to trust the process and know that the the right man will know how to lead. And I think, too, that I love these each of these ladies with what they said, that they seek the Lord for what do they need to do to follow. So I think it's a it's an interchangeable you know, I think as women, we want to be the fixer or the, what do I need to do to go take it on and lead the way? And unfortunately it doesn't work that way as the strong leaders that we can be, we have to get out of the way and allow the Lord to lead our husbands. Yeah, I did that. I mean, I remember when we were early in our marriage that it's kind of the same thing. It's like you try to make them feel guilty. You try to make them feel like they're inadequate so that it'll somehow motivate them to change or that motivate them to see what you're seeing. And all it does is it it just has the (laughs) negative. I mean, it's just, it's just mean, you know, but it's like, you know, it was a process. Very mean. Oh, Oh, yes. I'm so glad my husband's not here to testify. (laughs) I'm just glad we all realized our downfalls on that. But, you know, it was God was growing me through a process because he's like, he knows me, he made me, right? So he's like, you're going to toil and you're going to labor over it and you're going to do all of these things. You're going to try to control the situation. And I'm going to let you go as far as you're going to go with it until you get so exhausted with it that you finally let go of it Mm -hmm. because you never really had control of it. But I need you to see where I am in this situation. And it it did. I mean, I remember similarly to what you shared with your husband. It's like, you know, I felt felt very righteous anger. Yes. Indignant. I don't, don't, you know, I don't have the testimony that you have, but in the sense there, I think we can all speak to different situations of betrayal, whether it's 
financial betrayal or, yeah yes or infidelity infidelity or whatever it is and so then we just feel this righteousness mm-hmm. in what we're doing well Right, and that puts us into a place where we are operating in authority, so we think, over them, but it's usurping their leadership, Yes, yes, which is a respect and honor issue. So I I love what you said earlier, Rachel, when you said, I don't even really remember when my marriage transformed because I think God didn't really show me that because then I would want to take the credit (laughs) instead of him. I thought that was such a perspective. I was like, that's amazing. Because I would have been like, well, I was praying hard for you then. (laughs) (laughs) But I think God finally answered my prayer. The thing that I love is the fact that you can admit that. Like, kudos to you for being able to recognize and admit that because some of us can still be in denial. I'm as guilty as that. So that's pretty awesome. So what are some ways that you are working now, like, or just being intentional? I know everyone uses that word all the time now, but it it is. It's intentionality about bringing honor to your husbands in the home, like, or in front of couples or just where are you, where are you in your life where you recognize a change need to be made and, and, or if you're getting ready for Mr. Right, (laughs) What are some ways that you work? I know you kind of talked about it, like in your relationships that you do have, bringing honor and respect. So what I, what I do now is any relationship that currently comes to my life, like I immediately seek the Lord. Like I, the Lord and I talk often and I've gotten to where I don't even get excited anymore. Like I'm like, all right, Lord, it's yours. Like I'm out. It's, I've. Probably about a year ago, I got to the point where I was like, I've tried to do this on my own strength. Mm-hmm. I clearly have gotten it very wrong. Um, it's not working for me because I am divorced. Um, so I don't want what I've always had. I want what you have for me. And so it's having the hard conversations in the first 30 days, not like an interview, but just when you're trying to get to know them. You have to ask the hard questions and you have to listen because if you don't listen, you're not going to get the answers you're looking for and you'll get so looped up into what you think. One thing that I truly am a firm believer of is when someone tells you something, believe them. Don't try to change them. Don't try to make it something that it's you want it to mean because then it just gets messy. What are the hard questions? Um, um, first and foremost, like, you can always tell in conversations where someone's fruit is or what their relationship is with the Lord by their way that they speak. Mm, right. Um, that's a hard question. A lot of a lot of believers are, oh, I can get him to go to church or oh, he'll come around. <laughs> oh, it's not that big of a deal. And Dating is, evangelism. Yes. And it <laughs> is a very big deal. I'm sorry, if you do not believe in Jesus, we cannot you cannot come into my office. Like it's 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 a hard question, mm-hmm. and um, people are like, "Are you serious?" Very, and it's because here's what happens when life gets tough, oh, and man. it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hit my knees. I don't need you going to the bar, you know. And um, another question: If you have children, you know, I have children now. Granted, all my children are older, but what are your viewpoints on that? Like, how, what do you think of that? How does that work? You know, just different things. And then as women or as men, then you decide, is this something that I'm okay with? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, 
don't waste your time. So don't compromise from the get-go. You can't because here's why. In the beginning, you're not invested. Mm-hmm. It's easier to go, you know what, we can just be friends, no big deal, <laughs> chalk it up to class. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> but when you become invested, things come on ladies we we y'all all have been married for 10 years oh yeah i dated Dude. a million non-believers and it was just a complete waste of time. but what it's you're sad. what you're saying is not something that is, i don't even think that it, and i don't know because i'm again i'm not single but i think a lot of people go into it with so many other ideas of yes. what they're what's missing in their life that they need yes. to plug in with a relationship that yes. those are not the first things that so it's antithetical to the worldview maybe even for a lot of believers Right. Well, here's the other thing is, how am I going to love my husband the way he needs to be loved so that I can receive that love as a wife if I don't even love myself because I'm setting my standards that I have and putting them down? I'm not stating that I'm coming in with expectations because that sometimes can turn into a different way and then forget it. That's a whole nother letdown. These are expectations that the Lord put in my heart for the man that he has going to bring for me. And the one thing that I've learned in the dating room is, and you ladies can attest to this, when we want something, we will give what we want. We'll make sacrifices. Yes. We'll change our priorities. We'll go after it. And and that, I think, is the, the thing that a lot of us don't realize, is that we're willing to succumb to what we think we want, when in reality, it. why would we sacrifice for... I don't know. And then God's like, you want out? I told you no. <laughs> so I think that's another thing too. Why didn't you listen? Exactly. And you're going, help. I know. And he's like, you didn't listen. You did this. Basically, five <laughs> I mean, essentially. Yeah. I, I liked your answer to que- Jessica's question earlier when you were saying that I just started praising my husband. I know. That that, you know, when she said, what are we actively doing? now to try to build that respect into our marriages and i'm just like i i have tried to do the same thing too you sound like you're doing a way better job than me <laughs> i'm gonna work a little harder now having heard you see we're edifying that's what sharpening that's what we're like, doing here you really do yeah but i am trying like i do it's just like because he he is forced to do a lot more things in the household than probably other men are because of my career and so I, instead of just like going well that's what you're supposed to do and i can't stand when men try to say that you know i'm helping my wife when it's really both of our duties okay yeah but you can still be like thank you or you did a great job with that or the house looks nice or et cetera, et cetera. yeah i have a question have you all ever tried mirroring does that make sense what i'm asking like what i found i do this in with my kids and different things like when someone does something or like if I want something I'll be like oh my gosh that's so awesome and great and sometimes it can be reciprocated so um maybe uh maybe it can start with I know that's what I'm seeking so maybe if I give it I'll get it back but then you have to give it to not get it back so see those are things I'm still working on like in theory in my brain that's where it goes but will it really happen when it comes who knows so But I like all of these suggestions, anything. And I think as soon as you take the decision to, to do this thing, like, okay, I'm going to honor my husband. And even I, I, if I don't feel it at some point, but I'm going to do it. Eventually, it's going to 
it's getting easier for me now it's getting easier to go and say to him hey i love you you're doing great it's not like i need to be forced anymore it's just like okay it's natural yeah so so it's just but we start with being intentional Mm -hmm. everything is start with that word being intentional i'm gonna be intentional in this but then in the long term you know it's gonna it's gonna be smooth it's gonna be easy it's gonna be just natural yeah i started when the lord started convicting me of this i was praying i was like well what do you want me to do what do you how do you want me to respect him how you know you tell me you open the door (laughs) then you give me the roadmap because you know my heart and this is not easy for me you know which that's horrible that's horrible that i'm that i have that mindset that's horrible because that has had a it's been detrimental to our family it very, but this is where I mean. But it is. I know. <laughs> I know. It is. It's. It's the. It's the reality of it. I'm not gonna pretend. Sit here and pretend like it's not a struggle for me. So, um, I noticed when my son's attitude towards my husband was changing that, and I was kind of like, "Why are you? Oh, yes. Why are you talking to your dad I that way?" Like that myself too. And I was like. I had to pump the brakes for a minute because a lot of the statements... what did dad do this time? I was like, oh. I know. know. And I said, that is something, that's something that I would say. That it sounds like Jessica Jr. And so (laughs) I was like, let me, let me pause and evaluate this situation. And so I started praying about it because I know, I mean, like the Lord quickened me. He was like, that's you talking. That's not your son. He's watching you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, because... It's just not, it's not what I want for him. And that's not the way I want him to treat his father, but why I'm showing him every day how to treat his father. So he's, he's emulating me. So, uh, you know, going in my quiet time and praying about it, I was like, Lord, what can I do? How do I undo this damage? And this was kind of going into COVID. So we had a lot of time together in the house (laughs) and before walls. And he said, and this is like, Oh, it's like a knife. He said, I want you to serve your husband. And I was like, what? (laughs) Serve him? Like how? Like what? Like a slave? Like what do you want me to cook all his meals and put the slippers on his feet and tell him how wonderful he is and do the massage and all that stuff? And he's like, (laughs) he's like, I want you to serve your husband and I want you to stop being critical. So my first lesson in this was just to shut up. Not oh, criticizing everything, not giving my input yes. on get everything. Get out of the way, yes. <laughs> Which, I'm, I'm, I get where you're coming from, Janelle. It's like listening to respond versus listening to listen. Yes, and that was my biggest room for improvement in it all because I would be quick to speak. And I've, huh, there's a verse, there's a, if you look there, I don't have my phone with me, but there's a verse in the Bible and I don't know which excerpt it is. It's Exodus fourteen fourteen, and it says... <laughs> God is calling you too, but you just need to shut up. <laughs> and when I saw that, I literally stopped in my tracks and was like, oh, put my hand over my mouth and was like, okay, I hear you loud and clear. I gotcha. <laughs> and so that was like a huge reality check. But I, I, I it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's something that, I mean, I, there was, there's been some days where I've been so mad at him. And if you, if you know him, he's like the sweetest guy in the world. <laughs> like, I sound like such a villain. I am. I mean, and so I just have a lot of things that God's dealing with me about and I've come a long way, believe it or not. But, um, it's, yeah. I started with 
just writing all of the things down that I was thankful for about him. Like that he's an amazing father. I couldn't ask for a better, better father for my, cause I didn't really, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. I did not have a father who would just sit down and talk to me or play with me or play a game with me or help me with my homework. I would ask for help with my homework and my dad would say, no, you know, I can't, you know, just different things like that. And so, you know, watching the way that he loves our son and watching like his sacrifice for me and just, and also just the constant turning the other cheek. Like I know when I'm being mean and there are sometimes when I'm doing it on purpose because I'm frustrated about something. Sometimes it could be something that he's doing something. It could be something that I'm frustrated with myself about, but I'm taking it out on him, which is horrible you know? And so, but he's always, he's always responded with love. He's always, he is in my mind, the epitome of the beginning of the verse to Ephesians five. And so I'm looking at all of these things, you know, that I think in my mind's eye should be corrected about him. And the Lord is trying to correct me. And so getting to that point where I'm like, I need to just let God be God with him. And I've got to, I have to work on me. I have to, I'm, I'm a broken toy (laughs) and, you know, get him to do that massaging of my heart and like (laughs) take that stone cold out of me. (laughs) And it has, I mean, again, work in progress. That's why I find it so funny that we're having this conversation because it's, it's one of the hardest things for me to talk about from a place of victory um, right now, I know that I will be in a place where we are victorious as a couple in this and that we're able hopefully to pass it on and mentor other people and talk about our struggles and that sort of thing. But is it a victory thing or is it a journey thing? I think it's, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's never ending as long as we're together, but you know, it's, I think when you can get victory over a certain area, respect, you know, and, and giving respect. And I think that changes the trajectory of where your family goes because for us it's so clear that it's been in our generational history mm-hmm. on both sides of the family and so i think that's why it's so poignant that he and i go through this and grow through this together for where god wants to take our marriage and our family and um just how we're supposed to help others in that regard and but i mean it turns out i was the problem <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, you said victory and we need to know that we fight everything from a position of victory we know that it's gonna be victory that we need to walk that Mm -hmm. journey yes we need to walk that but with the position like okay we are victorious in this so i'm gonna take the risk i'm gonna walk this way i'm gonna do whatever we need to do but i got the victory so it's just like this perspective that you're giving all this uh, situations or whatever it is, is just make yourself on a position of victory, but start walking. I guess what I think is that I don't know if I'll ever achieve perfection in this area while here on this earth. <laughs> I, I like to think so, I guess, like ideally, but I just feel like, and, and maybe that's where I need a mind change, a perspective change yes, perfect. to yeah. be looking from a position of victory like I've already obtained victory and and then just thank the Lord that I have already attained that instead of always looking at it as something that I can't possibly achieve while down here well I think that's what the the, the part of the beauty of the godly love triangle is just the fact that I mean it's like the flywheel 
right? When something's not working, we have to go to God about it. How can I be better at this? How can I do this better? How can I, you know, release unfor- you know, forgiveness or let go of anger or frustration? And I think it's, we have to, it's like they say, celebrate the small wins, like yep. you, looking back and seeing where you've come from and where you've grown together as a couple, because like you were talking about just the transformation that's happened in your life over the past year. And you, you didn't even really, you couldn't pinpoint when it started, but look at the growth and the growth, you know, in you, I've seen a ton of growth in a year in you. And so I think it's happening. You're just, you're not aware of it. I like that. And uh, I mean, you're on point because serving submission, um, respect, love. I feel like those are all things that sorry to say, almost have a negative connotation when you're talking about marriage specifically. Um, because it, you know, it's, I had written this down to bring up as a point, but, um, Emerson Egrich says that without love, a woman respect, Roman reacts without respect and without respect, a man reacts without love. And I think when you go into marriage, like you have to also define what is love, like a worldview. Is that just sex? Is that just how does a man perceive love? You know, it, they feel love when you're giving them this, but you feel you don't feel love because there's not a connection. There's not the intimacy that goes with the love. And, you know, same with respect, the biblical worldview of respect versus what the world says about respect serving does that look like, you know, the 50s mom that's pristine and vacuuming and the house is spotless and the the pipe, you know, we have, here's your pipe, honey, and here's your newspaper and just delivering everything to the man while he sits down and does nothing. <laughs> um, sorry, still okay. overcoming. Um, and then, you know, just all of those things. So I think you're, you are on point. Like it's, it's bringing back the true core essence of what serving looks like and what love as defined by the Bible looks like respect, et cetera. Yes. I think we just all really truly struggle because there's a, a godly or a, a, a spiritual view and a worldly view. And a lot of people, you know, we have those of us that seek the Lord and seek his, his word and then you have those that don't or that do a little, they dabble. And so they're not as, I mean, they're, they're equally loved and things like that, but they're not as plugged in. And so they're going by more of, it's easier to go by the worldly view than it is, you know, the godly view. And I think that sometimes when our emotions get involved and we're not really seeking the Lord, that can be when it's the most difficult because we want to we want to be that, well, you did this and mm-hmm. didn't do that. And then afterwards we're like, wow, I was a jerk, you know? So yeah. I think it's just that finding that balance on the godly versus the worldly. And when we're operating in our flesh, kind of just going and saying, Lord, help me. I can't do this on my own. Submit. <laughs> Get out of the way. Submit to God. <laughs> I know. And that's what I do. There are sometimes where I'm like, God, I need a, I need a little Jesus timeout because my attitude is not good right now. It's and I'll go, <laughs> I'll just have to go sit in my prayer chair and I'm like, what's really the core issue here? And usually it's something that I'm frustrated with mm-hmm. about yes. me that I'm expecting him to read that he's not reading. Oh, and I'm not saying it 
but therefore he needs to understand it and he needs to anticipate it. And I'm like, I need to open my mouth and communicate. So that's one of the, that's one of the things that we've done is, um, just, you know, talking about what are some things that you, that you've done that, that you can, um, sorry guys, one second. Um, talking about ways that you can course correct is if there's a moment where I'm feeling frustrated, take it to the Lord in prayer, go to mm-hmm. God, ask him what, what inside of me needs to change about this situation so that I can give respect and, and love. Because I mean, if we're talking, if we're being honest here, their love language of respect is it's love. That's the, the way they get love is through yes. respect. Yep. So how can I be more loving and respectful to my husband in this situation? And how can I communicate what I'm feeling in a way that's not full-fledged rage in the moment? Because yeah. <laughs> let's be real. And, um, you know, and, and, and have a breakthrough in yeah. this. And communication. You know, we need to, you know, when we get all those moments of frustration... Well, we, we don't, we want to go to Jesus, have our Jesus time, yeah. but sometimes what we realize through counseling is the way that we communicate because sometimes I want to tell him something, but he understands something totally different. So I remember in those times of counseling, the counselor said like, okay, you talk to him and then ask him, what did you understand? Mm-hmm. So he came to me, oh, I understand this. And sometimes he was right, sometimes no. I was like, no, this is not what I wanted to say. So it's about that communication, you know, like constantly communication. But also they they perceive all these things in a different way. His Their brains works different. So we need just to ask them again, hey, what did you, what did you get from this? What did you understand? So we can just kind of, you know, You're right. go on the same, on the same, on the same way. But we need that communication in order also for we feel love and the way we can respect them. Yeah, um, I was funny because when I was doing, putting together the outline for this, I was watching a video and it, this man said, you know, if you were to ask a man, what do you think about your woman's, your wife's role in the marriage? And he says, it's critical or she's critical. And a woman interprets that to mean, you think I'm critical? You think I'm, I mean, what am I criticizing you about? Da, 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 da. And they just go turbo mouth on it. And he's like, I mean, that you're critical to our marriage. I could not do life without you. I could not do, <laughs> and that's like, that's at home for me. <laughs> because, and you're, it's on point with what you're saying is it's just, we don't know how they're even perceiving it. So even having that dialogue, which I know we as women, like we bond over these types of conversations but we can bond with our husband over communication and they understand us better and we perform better for each other because we know where, where our counterpart is completely coming from, which it's funny to me that, you know, we become one flesh. We're a union, you know, we're united when we get married, but yet we basically, we don't know how the other 50% of our body works and we have to (laughs) learn to, it's kind of like, learn how to ride a bike together and you've got one shoulder that's not responding and one hand that won't work. You know, it's like it's learning like dancing, your, like yeah. dancing, you know, you yeah. need to, to move the, the fit together. And it's like that. Learn to that, to have the same, you know, pace and move. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah. That's a great analogy. Um, so let's see, how do you hold yourself accountable when it comes to respect? Huh? This is a tough one. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, like in the daily routine, in the living with him, you know, I see that we now fight less and enjoy more time together. Mm -hmm. So that's my way to just with him, to be accountable with him. Like, okay, we're enjoying this time. We're enjoying this moment. We, we are trying to get time for us and, and we are having, we stopped having all those, you know, painful conversations. And now we are dreaming together. So you, you know that everything shifts mm -hmm. and that's why I can see that we are in another place. Uh, because of that, because now it's not like the the sadness or those conversations that you know, it's like now it's different. Like now we're dreaming together. Now we laugh together. What now we? It's different. It's different. And I think that's for me. It's my my way to see, be accountable, mm -hmm. and that we are working on the same direction. We are going on the same direction. They're enjoying themselves. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when you know what it what it's like when it feels right, like when you know that it's you know that's the godly love triangle is not broken, mm -hmm. then when you have those moments where there's friction, you I think you recognize it more quickly oh, and yes. you know how to say, okay, then no, nope, we're not going to go down this rabbit trail or like for me, I know I definitely have like the Holy Spirit activate. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, okay, here goes here goes we're not old Jess anymore. We're new Jess." Holy so, <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to sit down and we're going to talk." Yes. And for me, a lot of it is just stopping and taking the time to have that conversation. So, um, we're, we're in that place too. I mean, we've started dreaming again together and writing down our goals and the things that we want to accomplish. And it's, we have had our, my word for last year. I know pastor Keith gave the word possible and that was completely relevant for me in my life, but also shift shift was my word for 2021. And the Lord said, you know, it's not a major course correction. It's just a tiny movement that gets you to see the new way and you need to see the new way and it's time to walk in the new way and um it's funny because when we moved we live in aubrey but it's right on the border of crossroads and aubrey and before we before i ever heard of crossroads i didn't know crossroads was a town um the lord had led me to the scripture it said stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient path and, you know, I was at a point in, in our marriage where we were in a really hard, hard space and we came here and, um, we have, God has just, he has restored, he's restored everything. So all of the hard times that we were going through, a lot of it completely brought on by just my unwillingness to submit, to give honor, just wanting my way, wanting to lead in my yes. career and just, you know, being unyielding, honestly. So, um, I, I'm so grateful, you know, even though I'm work in progress that we're, I'm still like, we're in a new place. We're in a oh, new yes. season in our marriage and it's, it's amazing. Like it feels really good. I finally feel like we have a path versus just looking at, okay, we know we don't want to do it this way, but how do you make, how do you make goodness happen in this? You know? Yes. And you know, like, uh, we we seen like how the Lord is working all things together. We went through this really dark time. I remember he lost his job, and but now we are in a totally different because we 
we we believe we were like okay we're gonna believe we're gonna believe and now we're in a different place like it's amazing i remember my my sister called me like a few weeks ago and she was like how are you doing and i was like i'm great i feel great i feel you know complete i feel like and even though like coming out from this dark side from this dark moment now we see all this how the lord restore mm-hmm. how the but what because we both we were like submitted to god and i was submit to my husband and that's how the lord wants that when we are doing the right things on the right time on the right way boom everything started working perfectly yeah and it's not like we don't have struggles of course we have struggles but on those struggles okay if i'm feeling like that like oh this something this is affecting me i just go straight and play my worship music and i'm like okay this this give me peace <laughs> yes and then i i said holy spirit <laughs> i know i that was like i will say during the what i would call like the dark period of our marriage <clears throat> um i remember so my husband and i eloped we got married and uh, Maui and I the the morning that we got married um I went out like above the cliffs and was watching the waves and everything and just having like this moment and the because I was a little bit sad that our families didn't come and um we didn't have what it wasn't the way we thought it was going to be but it was the way that it was supposed to be which was God and me and my husband and he said this is how I have designed your marriage it's going to be the three of us and I was like, okay, you know, and it has, the, you know, the majority of our marriage, we, we don't have like, we live far away from our family. I say far, it's in Texas, but still far. And we've, it's just been the three of us, you know, and then Andrew came along and, you know, we're, we're figuring this out, waiting this out, learning how to, to flow together in life and ministry and things like that. Um, but I, I never forgot that. And when we were, when we've gone through our various challenges, I always thought I, I don't love my husband right now, or I don't like him right now, but I am in covenant with him and you, and I will not break covenant. I will not break covenant with God on, you know, because we're in this together. And I think that was from a place, you know, at the time where it needed to be, but now like our covenant is so much stronger with God and with each other because of that refining, honestly, and just the growth that, that he's taken us through, through our challenges together. And I'm going to say that is extremely, I, I just love hearing stories like that because from a perspective of someone who knows what God put in my heart about seeking a godly man and going back to Ephesians 5, because Ephesians 5 is what a Proverbs 31 wife wants her husband to be, mm-hmm. is that that is why it's so important that you date for purpose and you court and you go after or you don't go after, but you seek somebody who has equally yoked as you because you fight for your marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, you both come together and you understand what the true process of being married and what an Ephesians 5 husband is and what being, having respect for your husband is and and showing him the love and things like that so that all of these stories are hope and just amazing desire for um one day <laughs> it's coming Janelle. it's coming it's coming 
So I think just to kind of sum it up, you know, and we're all a light, right? We're like a little mm-hmm. flame. We've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So it's like taking taking the things that we've learned today and been able to kind of share mm-hmm. in that vulnerable place and be honest. And, you know, how do we go out into the world and change the narrative um, on submission and respect? And, you know, how can we in our conversations in the world um, bring glory to this situation? And um, what are some things that you think that come to mind? It's just... I started with changing our minds and, you know, whatever happened to in, in our lives is our testimony. And that's why we're going to even, we can talk to Christian people, to mm-hmm. people who doesn't know about anything about Jesus or religion or whatever. But it's through our testimony that we can go and talk and say, hey, I made these mistakes, but this is the nice part. The amazing part when the Lord restores us, mm-hmm. everybody, you know, we can, we, we are, we can go down, down to the pit, and you know, but the Lord is always gonna bring us back. And as, as He did it for me, He can do it for everyone. So it's like, just, I think our stories just bring hope to others mm-hmm. that the Lord restore, that true. Uh, being obedient to him be submit to the Lord we can be submit to our husband and honor them honor my husband honor my family and all this situation I I think one of you said like every situation is to honor and glorify the Lord something like that I don't remember like that but you know even those sad situations that we can honor the Lord and because he's going to glorify on us through those things. And that's a story, our testimony. So that's the way we we can show others, believers and non-believers, that there is healing. Uh, but in these times, this marriage, like we need to honor and do things on the godly way. So that's the way for this to work it out perfectly. I just think probably becoming my husband's biggest fan. I oh, felt I convicted that. about that for a while, you know. Instead of making sarcastic little snarky remarks about where he doesn't or, you know, measure up in my mind. Mm-hmm. Instead, even if I have those feelings, you just shut your mouth. <laughs> and and then and find something good to say because there's so many good things to say. That's really what I'm trying to work on instead of, you know, he'll, he'll tell me too. Like you said, I'm glad he's not here to convict me of all my sins, but he's, uh, you know, basically just that I, I kind of like will poke fun at him a little bit in public and people will think it's in a good natured way, but sometimes I think I'm working out my stuff, my, my stuff for everyone to see. And he's like, I really don't like that. And so I think the way that I can move forward and try to model this for people is by starting with how I talk about them. Mm-hmm. Love it. And you know, and now that you were talking, it's like perspective. And we came from a infidelity in both sides in our marriage. And but when he he told me what was happening, he said, "Hey, this is happening." You know, at the beginning I was like, "Oh, you did this, you did this, and then I'm gonna do this." You know. 
But then when I changed my mind and I start like thinking like kingdom mind, all these things that I point, you know, and crucify my husband, I say, I changed my mind. I said, you know, I'm going to say that you were brave. You were courageous. No, not everyone come to, to their wives and say, hey, this is what happened. This is what it is, you know. So I changed my mind and say, like, hey, instead of just crucifying him, I'm going to, okay, thank you because you were so courageous. You were brave and you bring all this and now we can start working out. So together to make these things working, you know, like we're going to figure it out and we, we're going to start making this work. But it's like changing that that point of view, that mentality. It's changing our mentality, and it's just like that, like mm-hmm. how you see things, how you perceive things. Yeah, you're right. I'm, they say what you think about, you bring about. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're looking for the things that are positive and the things that you can affirm, and maybe that is a little bit more of the mirroring, kind of like what you talked yes. about when you see something good, say it, say, if you see something, say something yeah. like, I love how you did that. Or, Oh my God, that made me feel so good that you took care of that for me. Or thank you for always making me feel loved. And you know, just things like that, like changing the conversation from criticism to, yes. and they might do it more because they like that. So they're seeking that positive praise so they'll be like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to do it. Because I don't know about y'all, but if I'm going to get negative connotation, no matter what I do, I'm going to do the negative. Because why would I do something nice if you're just going to always be mad at me? Mm. Yeah. Well, I did want to drop this in um, just before we close that um, Emerson Egrich has a free 15-day Love and Respect Academy. And there's also a book that he's written that's like a national bestseller. So I think that if you've, um, if this is an area which I'm sure we, you know, we're all women, especially we've all we all need to be better in this area and setting the the temperature for our family and our home. Um, I did sign up for the Love and Respect Academy. Haven't started it yet, but I signed up. So that's the first step. Um, But they give you like just an exercise for every day. So, you know, if you're looking for transformation, it's be the transformation, you know, just don't, don't expect initiate. So um, I think it's a great way to, you know, prepare and, um, and kind of just, you know, change the atmosphere. So I, I hope that, you know, through just the conversations today, above all that, you know, God gets the glory in it. And I think that there's something very beautiful in the fact that we can be vulnerable and we can talk about our brokenness. And I think that there's liberty in being able to talk about what your shortcomings are and that other people also will probably resonate with your stories especially and you know hopefully people got free today hopefully people Mm -hmm. saw something or you know maybe related to something that you know spurred stirred something inside of them you know that change is possible that there is hope on the other side that there is transformation that's available for you know families of believers and that Honestly, it really starts with us as women in the home. And there's so much more. I think we just took the lid off the can of the ways that women have an impact on culture, frankly. Um, But starting by creating that atmosphere inside the four walls, it's like, it's powerful. It is so powerful. And I'm just glad that 
I got to share that with you and I, that you were kind enough to share your stories and your thoughts and the things that the Lord has laid on your heart. And I can't wait to see what God does with this. So I'm going to ask Rachel to pray us out. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together as unique individual women on our own journey with you, Lord. And we just pray that the stories that we shared and the thoughts um, from our minds that we brought together would just weave a web that brings us all closer and ultimately closer to you, Lord, and that truth could be discerned and revealed and uh, used to make change in our lives um, that we might um, be a bigger influence and to show you to people in a way that is attractive and that people's lives can be changed. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.